Hey, everybody. Welcome to the HVAC Joy Lab podcast. I'm your host, Dr. John Shirk. This podcast focuses on creating more and more conversations about what optimizes life for an HVAC technician. My goal is to produce the most helpful content available for techs, full stop. Today, you're going to meet Jim Roberts. Jim has spent his entire life in the industry, first as a tech, then as a service manager, then a general manager, and now he has regional duties for SWC Services. SWC is a pretty substantial commercial service and maintenance company in the regional Southeast. Uh, I really like having these 50-year veterans on the show. I mean, let's face it, he's forgotten more about the business than you and I will ever know. All right, let's get started. everybody this is john shirk here with hvac joy lab and joining me today is jim roberts from twc services out he is out of south florida welcome jim uh glad to be here glad to be here john thanks um, so much for joining me hey, hey you're more than welcome um so just to give you a little bit of history about me um I was electronics technician in the Navy back from 68 to 75 and yeah. got out of the Navy in 75, went to work for Haynes Refrigeration in Bonita Springs, Florida. Um, learned a lot over the years. I was a service technician for many, many years, service manager. Um, also did uh Worked for Haynes for almost 20 years hmm. and then um, moved around a little bit trying to find out where I really belonged and uh, ended in 2005. I started with TWC Services in Fort Myers and I've been here ever since and I was their branch manager for oh, almost well, a little over 16 years. Wow. And uh, we grew the branch from uh, four technicians when I started to over 35 technicians when I left. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, and uh, TWC is part of the Waldinger Corporation out of Des Moines, Iowa. Okay. And uh, Des Moines, uh, Waldinger has been in business for since 1906. Wow. Uh, yeah, so it's been, you know, well over 100 years. And uh, great company, good company to work for. Uh, they really take care of their technicians. Mm. I was also a, a, a apprenticeship while 
as being a manager, I also taught in uh, night school at Apprenticeship Academy here locally for 28 years. Oh, wow. And uh, now I've I've stepped down as manager. Guy I trained took over and is running the show now. And um, But I stayed on working and I am doing, helping them develop training programs for their own online training for our in-house technicians. Interesting. Interesting. So, so you're, uh, you're developing that up and coming talent. Is it technical training primarily or sales yes. training also, or well, how does it, that work for you? We don't do much sales training. Uh, we believe in customer service and quality. We develop, we believe in developing relationships with our customers and, uh, we do no outside advertising hmm. uh, at all, but um, we are growing continually. When I first started, we only had seven branches in Florida and Georgia and uh, as part of TWC. And I believe at last count, we have 29 branches now. Wow. Um, throughout the Southeast. And... Uh, we do provide a good, uh, solid workforce for our technicians. Yeah, and, and a good benefit package, and 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 you know, and and um, the owner. I mean, we're not a we're a corporation, but it's not a publicly traded corporation. Sure, it's owned by uh, one man. His name is uh, Tom Kane, mm-hmm. and his son now is running the show. John Kane. That's K-O-E-H-N. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're out of Des Moines, Iowa, like I said. But but um, it's a great company, and I, I've enjoyed it immensely. And I've learned so much and developed with so many people. And the nice thing we use is for growing technicians is we, we hire a lot of technicians. Well, certainly we hire qualified technicians. So you, so just to clarify, so what you're saying is the, you're hiring, they have experience or they, they, you're, you're not bringing in someone who's never, you know, touched a compressor. Oh, no, they're, that's not they're true. They're coming we in actually, and. We absolutely, we do hire the experienced and more experienced technicians as well, but we also really search for quality people who absolutely know nothing about air conditioning at all well this is Uh, good because you know a lot of what i do in in my business is the recruiting side of it and that's good to know um i think that there's a you know i did a podcast a few weeks ago with a really interesting young man in northern california whose very first job no training of any kind was a chiller tech and got got trained to come in first day on the job he's working on chillers and i said wow that is not the typical uh, no. you know, career path for a technician, but times are changing, you know, and I'm not saying everybody's hiring well, techs off the street, but, but times are changing and it's not like, you know, there was a thing that used to be even just 10 or 15 years ago where, you know, a, a guy would get a little bit of experience. He'd come in, he'd have the oldest truck. You know, there, there was a whole kind of pecking order that would happen as it, you know, you develop your time with a company sure. and, work your way up and the demand for talent has become so 
intense out there, it's been like all bets are off. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anyway, but what we do, we, we're look for, we look more for the qualities in the people. We want people who are willing to work. Well, people who are willing to invest in their own future mm-hmm. as well. Um, but we bring, we bring several people in who, well, literally probably a few hundreds of people who know nothing at all. Interesting. So you take them from the ground up. Yeah. And we will take them from, well, for an example, I had a young man I hired many years ago. He, he was uh, cutting meat at Publix in a, in a grocery store out of high school. And um, we brought him on board. And But, you know, five years down the road, he's one of our top technicians. Um, Interesting. But the idea is, and where young people have to realize there's real opportunity out there for people in a major way. Oh yeah. If they're willing to put their nose to the grindstone and and invest a little bit in themselves Mm -hmm. and, um, and work now like we, our company will send people to the apprenticeship program. If, if there is a low, if there's a local apprenticeship program available, that's our first choice. Okay. And and we totally pay for the whole thing for them. And let me, sorry to interrupt, but when you say apprenticeship program, you don't have union people. You just mean a general no. apprenticeship in the trade. Yes, we have a, like in our town here in Fort Myers, we have an apprenticeship academy. It's It teaches four years. It's a four-year apprenticeship. Um, uses a specific curriculum, um, but it, it, it starts the same as any apprenticeship. It's, it's 144 hours of classroom experience a year. And then you have, you have to document 2000 hours of on the job training, just Mm -hmm. like a union one does. Yeah. And so they have the same certification when they leave. But it's not associated with the union, but it's it's something that's supported by contractors. Interesting. And uh, and and we have several of those throughout our state here in Florida. And uh, but there's other places that have no training available at all. So that's what I'm doing now is we're developing an online training program. Interesting. Uh, That'll take them from knowing nothing. And we start out with the first thing we do with all of our apprentices or anybody who's hired with our company, they have to go through safety training. Oh, sure. The first thing that happens, they they have to understand how to properly set up a ladder, how to properly set up torches, how to proper hand tools, power tools, um, um, you know, um, fall protection, um, all of the things that is to do with safety, because 
bottom line, it, if, if, if technicians aren't going to work safely, they're going to end up hurt and they're going to end up to be not productive. Well, I, on top of it, for, for listeners who don't work in a commercial setting, um, companies who work in a commercial setting and an industrial setting have to keep a safety record. And yes. there are different kinds of, of companies. And the closer you get to like an industrial plant, the more true this is that if your safety record does not reflect a certain oh, level yeah. of effectiveness and safety, you're just not even eligible to work there. So right. companies put a lot of investment into safety, of course, because they want to take care of their people. Yeah. Um, but it's a very important part of doing business as well. Right. And, uh, as a matter of fact, there's certain places you cannot work. They won't even let you bid the job if you don't have a certain safety record. That's right. But this is actually even coming down into residential customers as well, hmm. uh, residential markets, uh, because they all have to have workman's comp insurance if they have a certain yeah. number of employees. And the cert and the, the rate for workman's comp is the same for everybody. However, it depends on your, what they call the modification rate. In other words, your injury rate. So you can have a less than one. So you pay, you might pay 25% less for your uh, workman's comp insurance than a guy who has a rating of one. He might mm -hmm. pay full price. Or you get somebody who has several accidents a year. They might pay one and a half or two or three times the normal, the rate. Yeah. That's how they make the difference. Interesting. So it's important for safety and that's our most important thing. And then of course we take them through, you know, hand tools and power tools. And, and then we take them in right on through the refrigeration process, you know, discussing heat and matter, just like we do, like any place would. And then we, from there, they learn proper charging techniques, proper refrigerant handling, recovery, re evacuation, um, the chemicals involved in all of this. And then they go on to there from basic electricity. Hmm. And uh, so they go through the whole gamut. And so, uh, so, so let me ask you this, Jim. Let's say, um, Let's say I'm a I'm a young man in somewhere in Florida, Georgia, in, in the market where TWC is doing its doing its thing. Mm -hmm. um, if I'm if I'm just hearing this podcast and I'm thinking, wow, so I could just I could just potentially go to work for these guys and they will train yeah. me from square one. Is that that is what you're saying, right? That's absolutely true. And we have we have a whole fan, group of guys. And when I say a group. Um, recruiters themselves that work for the company. Uh, and all they got to do is go to our website, you know, twcservices.com and it'll show you employment opportunities. And then you can pick, you can pick if say you want to live in Nashville, Tennessee, we have an office. If you want to live in Atlanta, Georgia, we have an office. If you want to live in Chattanooga, we have an office. If you want to live in, you know, um, Charlotte, North Carolina, we have an office uh, all throughout Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North South Carolina, Alabama. We have offices in Dothan and Montgomery, and we have Mobile and Pensacola and, um, you know, Springdale, Arkansas. Um, 
and even through the Midwest, uh, if they want to go to the Waldinger Corporation. So, um, so, so, Jim, let me ask you this. Let's say, let's say I'm a tech, uh, but I work currently in the residential side. Yep. And um, how do I know if it might be a, a fit for me to roll into commercial instead? Well, one thing you'd want to do is talk to somebody. Hmm. You want to talk to, talk to a commercial technician, you know, or, you know, a lot of these guys, they go to the supply houses and they talk. And, you know, you can get an opinion from the guys there, or you can, like I said, just go to the websites of, of a company, uh, our company or any company, not any company, but companies that's got some size to them, you know, besides just a, some guy who's working out of his house. Because, uh, you know, they, they hire people too, but their cycle is more... When it's busy, they're busy and need help. When it's not, they don't. Right. Um, we employ people year round, 40 hours a week, every week of the year. Um, now, do we have people that come on board and don't want to do it or decide? Sure. Yeah. But for the most part, we're pretty successful. Uh, you know, they have a good benefit package, great health insurance, um, you know, 401k profit sharing, all of those things that you can, you can get to. And, and so our, our motto is we want to hire people that want a career, not just a job. There you go. Yeah. And that, so, and, and having worked with, you know, a number of, of, uh, both technicians and companies on both sides of that aisle, commercial and residential. What I've observed is that one of the triggers that takes a guy from commercial to resident, or excuse me, from residential to commercial is what you just said, Jim, 40 hours a week stability because it residential tends to be more feast and famine. And yeah. there's a, that, you know, you get to where it's like uh, October, November, December, January. Yeah. And, you might get 20 hours a week or right. 15 hours a week or 30 hours a week. And then one week you might get 40 if there's a little heat wave or a cold front. Right. Um, but uh, with ours, we pray stay pretty busy. Well, especially like here in Florida, for example, you know, when it's cold up North, it's, it's warmer here. So we get a big tourist season. So of course being working on restaurants and, and uh, you know, extended care facilities, um, you know, nursing homes, that kind of thing. Um, they're always needing something. They have big kitchens. They have big, uh, you know, a lot of AC. They have to maintain certain thing, loads. Um, so there's a lot of different. Sure. And the nice thing is uh, a lot of variety. I mean, you might be doing AC one day and an ice machines another day and refrigeration, walk-ins, reach-ins, freezers, coolers, um, you know, soda yeah. and beverage equipment. You got, um, uh, and you got the cooking equipment and exhaust hoods and fans. And so, you know, you're never really, it's not, well, I'm going to, 
a tract house and I've got, everybody's got a two and a half ton air conditioner and right. it's a, it's a condenser and an air handler and I might have to crawl through an attic or whatever. We don't, you know, we don't run into many attics. I mean, we do have things that are above the ceiling, but that's normally not so much that type of thing, but. You know, uh, I also, I've also noticed Jim that um, one of the things that, because at the end of the day, a tech just needs to be happy where they're happy, you know. But sure. one of the things I've noticed is that the guys who are really happy long term on the residential side, um, they are the customer service and the sales part of it thrills them as much as the tech part of it. But the guys who seem to really enjoy the commercial side, they are always hungry to try a different piece of equipment or, you know, they are. And we're always teaching and we're sending people to school constantly. Um, and then you have the opportunity to get into management. You know, you, you can, um, you know, for example, we have a guy, I have a guy right now, or I know of a man. He was a technician here in Sebring, Florida. Started with us there. Um, his wife had family up in uh, the Carolinas. And uh, we actually had a branch there. And uh, he transferred up there. And now... He's the operations manager for the branch in Asheville, North Carolina. So um, these are things that happen. All we had another young man that worked out of Fort Myers. He he, he was another one we took from no um, no AC experience at all. He was he he started he was a cook at a restaurant, and then he worked for a tire company. And came to work for us. We we taught him. He became did installs for us and service for us, and we trained him. And then he became a a, a service manager in our office. And then he ended up transferring to um, Panama City, Florida, and ran that branch for several years. And then he ended up starting his own company up yeah. in Panama City. I mean, he's no longer with us. We still talk. Uh, but uh, so the thing is that what I've done, this has been a good trade for me. I'm very happy. I've been in it almost 50 years. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of physical labor involved. Yes. Uh, but, you know, it it's been a good it's been a good, it's been good to me and my family and it's good to a lot of people. And, and, uh, we need good technicians, good people. Yeah. And, and you have really the only thing that limits any person's opportunity, it, you know, uh, their, where they go in their, in their trade is how far they want to go. Yeah. How much, whether you have a good attitude a good work ethic, you know, you treat people like you want to be treated mm -hmm. and, you know, you study hard and do con you're proud of what you do and you will go far. You will, you will absolutely be totally satisfied 
with a career by the time you're ready to retire, if you ever do retire. So, so let me ask you, Jim, just you've seen, you've been there and done that, seen everything over the years, been yes. doing it a long time. So in your mind, pick a technician that seemed to be like, man, this guy's really happy as a technician. And then pick a technician that seems like, man, he's really not thriving. Like, what's the difference? Like, what, what, what are they doing either right or wrong that on the one side leads to this great life as a technician and on the other side leads to somebody who's just seems to be always frustrated? Well, I think the biggest difference, I always tell people, you, there's only one thing in life you can really control, and that's your attitude. If you look in the mirror in the morning and tell yourself, I'm going to have a crappy day, you know what? You're going to have a crappy day because your outlook on life is I'm feeling sorry for myself. I'm, why can't good things happen to me? Why can't, why does Joe always get the breaks and I don't get any breaks? Mm -hmm. And I'm, uh, and if you're constantly focused in the negative thing in your life, you're going to be negative. And I'm going to say that when you walk in that mirror this morning and say, you know what? I had a hard day yesterday and I'm sore, but it's going to be a fantastic day today. And I'm going to go out there and work through this and get through it. And I'm going to have a great day. Yeah. And you treat people with that. That attitude is contagious. It, it, it catches on with other people. And then other people start treating you differently because you're treating them in a, in a way that they want to be treated. And is everybody like that? No. But, you know, if you stay with it, overall, you'll end up with a more positive experience and you're going to feel better about yourself. And when you feel better about yourself, you're going to do better in your job. And it's going to be noticed by other people. You know, uh, I had a funny experience last week, Jim, that it's on this exact topic and it, it, every, you know, you get a little older, I'm, I'm in my fifties, you get a little older and sometimes you get a little bit more reflective and there's a few more years there to reflect back on, but right. uh, I found a quarter in a parking lot <laughs> and you know, I'm, I'm a pretty cheap guy. So I'm definitely keeping that quarter, but the, the, what went through my mind was uh, whether that was really cool or whatever or almost uh not uh, a good experience was based entirely on my my mindset going into that in other words if i was thinking and and things are going pretty okay for me in my life right now you know the business is good the podcast is up and coming and so i picked up this quarter and what literally went through my mind is wow even this it was just like how great it, it, it even at this level i even found a quarter but then i can think back to other times in my life when i'd have found a quarter and i would i would have thought oh really god this is this is what you got for me 25 cents thanks so much for taunting me that, that this is all you're going to put in front of me and the thing is it's just a quarter it's just a quarter yeah. it both of those things are going to be what i bring to that moment and exactly. there's a lot of quarters in life. There's a lot of quarters. So if you come into something, small things are going to get housed in whatever you're bringing to it. If you're bringing exactly. a positivity to it, then that thing is going to be proof 
that you're right about that positivity. Or if you bring negativity to it, those things are going to be proof that you're right about your negativity. Both ways. Yeah, you asked about different technicians in different ways. You know, you can go to a job and and go to that job and you know, oh, that job, I hate doing that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, that this one or or this guy's always crabby. You know, I tell a story year, years ago. I was a service manager and what happened was, and this was a residential company, but we did commercial work as well. But this was a residential guy. And uh, I was getting ready to go to the guy's house and we had been there. This would have been the third time we were there on the same problem. And uh, everybody's telling me, oh, man, his name was Hayes. And I said, he, he said, man, you're going to go to that guy. He is nothing but mad and upset. You can't make him happy if you hung him with a new rope. And I said, well, you know, uh, we're going to have to, we still have to fix his unit. So we're going to have to go there. And the thing was, because down here in Southwest Florida, we have a lot of retired people. And we have a lot of retired people who have worked for great companies. I mean, I have met executives from Coca-Cola. Um, I met an executive. He was the vice president for Carrier, for a design engineer for Carrier. You know, he, he probably forgot more about AC than I ever knew. And, um, you know, you can you never know who you're going to run into down here. You know, I, I worked at I worked on Larry Bird's house. I worked on, um, you know, a lot of people. We Tom Selleck's house. Um, you know, they have different places. But anyway, neither here nor there. But Mr. Hayes. So I go to Mr. Hayes because the the policy I stated as a service manager was, well, the first guy goes. It's their first call back. I'm going to let him go back and try there. The Third callback, though, the second callback, I, I'm going to check it out because I obviously we're not finding the problem. And uh, sometimes I would take the, the original technician with me. Sometimes I wouldn't. This particular time, he was tied up as on a two-man job, and I couldn't get him, so I, I went myself. Knocked on the guy's door, and you can tell he was mad already. I told him who I was. Yeah, you guys can't fix anything. And then blah, blah, you start right off the bat. And I said, well, sir, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm here to help you fix it. So why don't you explain to me what's going on in your mind? Why don't you tell me what's what's going on? He said, well, nobody else wanted to know. <laughs> and I said, oh, really? I said, well, I, I really do. Because, you know, you're the homeowner. You know what's going on. You know your equipment. I can tell, you know, you you haven't, um, you know, you're not without skills. And he says, well, and then he starts to tell me what's going on. And I start getting him involved in it. I said, well, you know, I think I know what the problem is. I said, but would you mind coming out and to the unit with me and showing, I want to ask you a couple of questions. And 
well, no, no, I'd, I'd be happy to. And his voice started changing and, and all of a sudden I'm talking to him and I said, uh, Mr. Hayes, would you mind holding this flashlight for me and, and, uh, pointing it right over in here. And he, he got involved with me before I knew it. He was wanting to bring me cookies and drinks and yep. he was the nicest guy on the planet. But, yep. you know, people that are getting older a lot of times, and I know now because I'll be 74 in June. Oh, wow. And um, you don't feel as good as you used to feel. Mm-hmm. And you can't do the things you used to do. There's a lot of you guys, you're talking to a generation, or at least at that point in my time, I'm talking to guys who stormed the beaches of Normandy and, you know, they went off on things and they, they did their own thing and now they can't and they don't feel good and they hurt where they never heard it before and people aren't talking to them with respect and, you know, so they get bitter and they get angry. And all it took for this guy was a little bit of, he just wanted to be involved. He wanted to be listened to. It didn't cost a lot to listen to him for a few minutes. Right. And actually, he was not off base in what he was saying. He he actually knew more than, but the other guys never gave him a shot. You know, that's interesting. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I think one of the things that techs struggle with in a customer service context is placing themselves in terms of, uh, if this works, who's powerful and who's not in this conversation. Yeah. In other words, the, especially if they're older or if they seem wealthier or in a commercial sense, if they seem to have a a big title like VP or something like that. um, It's, I think it's sometimes a struggle for a tech to walk in still function as a a servant in a sense, because um, you know, they're, they're there to fix things or there to take care of a problem. But, if you're the expert on the scene at the end of the day, other than the yes and no to do the work, you're kind of in charge. And, and the more you own that, the more comfortable you're going to be talking to someone who's frustrated because when, when a tech comes into a situation and they feel like someone more powerful than them is giving them the business, they, it feels like they're getting abused almost. But at the same time, if you walk in and you feel like I'm the one who knows what's going on here, I'm the one who's in charge of the situation. It sudden that same moment suddenly turns into, um, you know, my five-year-old daughter's head just popped off of her baby doll and she's throwing a fit, but it's not like the house is on fire. Exactly. So we just got to put this head back on. Everything's well, going to be okay. You used a, a very good term in the servants. Because hmm. um, I think, uh, you know, I'm a, pretty devout Christian. And, and I believe we have to have a servant heart Mm -hmm. in order to be a good technician. We have to understand that we're there to provide a service for these folks and they're paying us good money to do that. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just like a waitress in a, in a restaurant, you know, uh, their attitude depend a lot of times for a lot of people will depend on how much they get tipped mm-hmm. and 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 the same thing with the technician when 
you got other, you got technicians where the customer calls up and says, you know, Hey, could you just send me John? You know, cause you know, every time John comes, you know, he talks to me, he'll tell me the problem. He explains what he's done. He gets in here, he gets out, he stayed out of our way, he cleans up after himself, he does his stuff, and, you know, he just does a great job. You know, I'll tell you what, and technicians, if you're listening right now, catch what I'm about to say, and I'm sure Jim's going to affirm it. If you're John in that equation, if you are the guy that customers ask for, every great opportunity is yours first in the company. That's right. If you want to get a chance to work on a chiller, you get first chance. If you, whatever it is, if it's a training up in Wisconsin, if it, whatever it is, if you are the known for your outstanding customer service, now look, you have to have the technical acumen. You have to be able to fix stuff, but, but the guy who knows the most about fixing, but doesn't bring the customer service is always frustrated that he's not getting as much as the guy who takes care of customers and, uh, and pays attention to their experience as much as the piece of equipment. Would you yes, agree with that, Jim? I agree a hundred percent. And I'm telling you, I've been in management for a long time and I know what managers look for. And, um, if you want to advance as a technician, you have to have and develop cu- good customer service skills. Yep. Cause it, if you can't talk to, I've had many technicians who are fantastic technicians. And I told him to be honest. I said, yeah, I can't, I can't have you work for me. Mm-hmm. You know, they could say good morning and somebody wants to slap them in the teeth, <laughs> you know? Um, I said, you, you know, you need to go to work for some big facility where you're, you're stuck in a chiller room and all you do is talk to equipment all day because you can't talk to people. Yeah, that's all there is to it. You know, let me throw in again, just a little training, mini training piece for the technicians who are listening. What do you do in a customer conversation? What, what is it? We supposed to talk about fishing. Like what, what is this thing we're talking about? And what it is, is the verbal communication of status. They want to know what's going on with the piece of equipment. When is it going to be fixed? What's going on? So here's just a little two minute, a little lesson for all the techs. How do you communicate to a customer the status of the piece of equipment? Here's how you do it. You have to know three things, data, your judgment, and what action you're going to take. Now, data means it's 80 degrees outside. Judgment means it's hot outside, right? Mm -hmm. So give them data, 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 data. This is my reading. Even if you feel like uh, they're not going to know what this means, this 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 reading I just took off my meter. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Give them three or four pieces of data. Give them your current judgment about what's going to have to be done and then tell them what action you're going to take and then tell them you're going to check back with them after you do that. All right. Yeah. This is the, this is the communication we're talking about. You don't need to sit around and, and talk about their grandkids. That's not, no. that's not the point of it. As a matter they fact, need to know it's status. better if you don't. Yeah. You don't want to get into personal conversations. You want to keep it as a service person versus a homeowner's situation. They don't, it, it, I mean, if they say, well, my grandkids are down here visiting and say, it's okay to say, 
wow, I bet you're excited about that. I'm sure you'll have a great time. And then go on to your thing. Yep. You know, don't get into and don't discuss politics or whatever it is, you or religion for that matter. Uh, what you want to do is keep it on the subject you're there to handle. And then, but you do it in a way that's, <clears throat> and then listen to them. Yep. Take take some notes if you have to. Understand it, it's it's one thing if the pro if the problem is this thing doesn't work at all. Okay, you're gonna go find out what's wrong. You know what's you find something broken, you start it all up, that's fine. But a lot of the points you get into is where this is just not doing enough, or there's an intermittent problem going on. Then sure. you need to talk to them and find out what's going on. I never will. I always remember years ago. I went to a house where the people said the AC is just not cooling properly, mm-hmm. and so I went there and I talked to them and talked to them. And then I, in talking to them, I found out that they had down here. We get a list a lot. They had just recently moved down to Florida permanently. So this was their first summer here. Uh. <laughs> they had never been in the house when they before. They had only had the house. They were there. They got there in November and they left in April. Mm. May, June, July, and August, September, and October, the house was vacant. Okay. Well, now it's July or June and it's 90 plus degrees outside and high humidity and their Florida room or what we call their lanai, whatever, it was all closed in. And then I found out, I said, did you own the house from the beginning? They said, well, no, we bought it from the people they knew, some people. And they say, well, and I asked him, I said, well, was this, this area outside here, this Lanai area or this uh, Florida room area, was it always enclosed? And they said, well, no, it was a screen originally. And so what they did, they just enclosed it and put a supply drop out there and didn't add any, well, they added like 400 square feet to the house. Uh-huh. Now, April, I mean, November through April, it took care of the problem, no problem. You know, because we have highs of maybe 85 at the most, and it was down in the 60s at night. Well, now when it's 95, 96 degrees, and it gets only in the mid to upper 70s at night, it couldn't handle the load. So come to find out, we had not enough AC. Mm-hmm. because of that problem. But it took those questions and discussions to get get to the problem. Yeah. yeah. Know, I, had a, I had a similar situation uh, several years ago. For a number of years, I lived in the French Quarter in New Orleans. And uh, the summertime in New Orleans is no joke. It's no, very humid, that. very yeah. hot. And so the house I was in, I moved into uh, in uh, October. And you know, the, it had one of those, if you've ever been in New Orleans, it had one of those mm-hmm. kind of brick uh, courtyards behind it. Yep. And there was a big kind of close to the house. 
there was a big stump from a tree that had been cut down. Didn't really think that much of it. It's like, you know, one of those projects for Sunday. And um, so it started getting into next summer and I'm like, man, it is hot in this house. And I start, you know, like what, what is going on? And so I do some investigating. Well, the, the, the previous person at the house uh, cut down this tree. And the tree was a huge tree that shaded the entire house. Oh, sure. And with no no reference to you know, hey, by the way, right. I just now cut down this tree. So, so you got a you had a huge sun load. That's it. I had a whole issue there that had really nothing directly to do with the existing unit. It was just that it was put together, probably heat load was measured with that tree there, and then you know now it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Well, hopefully. Uh... I was able to help you out here and yeah, give you some insight. And, so let uh, me, let me, let me, as we're wrapping up here, Jim, give me, if somebody wants to reach out to you, they want to find out more about the training that you do. They want to find out more about uh, TWC. How would they reach out to you? Well, if they want to find out more about TWC, the best thing to do would be just to go to our website, TWC services with an S.com and look for employment opportunities and it very descriptive, but they can certainly, they can email me. I have an email, jim.roberts at twcservices.com. And I'd certainly respond to them. And if I can't answer their question, I can certainly hook them up to people who can. Very good. Very good. And we'd be happy to do so. All right. Well, Jim, thanks so much for joining me today. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule. And uh, I know this is because these things get posted and they kind of live on for a, a while because of the podcast dynamic. So I'm sure, sure you know, there'll be people who aren't even technicians yet who are going to be able to listen to this podcast and get something out of it. So thank you for your time and, and oh. contributing a little bit of your 50 years into this hour together. Well, John, thank you so much. And you have a great day. All right. You too, my friend. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. A good life is had at the HVAC.